All right, so welcome to to class. Um, Jeff said you guys were in Ephesians. Is that right? Where are you at in Ephesians? Four. Ephesians 4. So you've been doing it for a bit. All right, two things. Somebody tell me something. Two different people. Tell me something about Ephesians. What do you know about Ephesians? Paul wrote it. Okay, one more thing. All right, Ethan. It's a book in the Bible. You guys are smarter than I thought you were. <laughs> yes. It was a letter written for Ephesus. It was a letter written for a place called Ephesus. Anything else? Anybody? Anybody? Like, this is one of my favorite books. It's like top four in the New Testament. And all those things you said are very true. Paul wrote it. It's a book in the Bible. Talks about who you are in Christ. Okay, that's perfect. Okay, there, so there's one real thing. Okay. Alright, what else? One more thing. You guys, know, you guys know stuff about Ephesians. You've been in this book for a while. <laughs> Alright, what do you know? Someone's got to know something. Aubrey. Paul talks about being a prisoner for Christ. Okay. Anyone have a favorite thing about Ephesians? Anybody? Favorite? What's your favorite thing about Ephesians? I like the armor of God. That's pretty useful. Ah, the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. You're not even there yet. Ephesians 6. Mitch. Oh, okay. Mitch's favorite, one of his favorite verses in the Bible. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. Alright, well this morning we're talking about knowing God. Okay, knowing God. So look at this verse real quick up on the screen. Look at John chapter 17, verse 3. Okay, and this is what the verse says. And this is life eternal. You guys know about eternal life. Who has eternal life? Okay. What do you know about it? Do you know about, look, look at this verse. This is life eternal. Here's the nature of your eternal life. Here's what it's all about. That they may know thee, Jesus, praise to the Father, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Is that how you would characterize eternal life, is knowing God and knowing Jesus? That's what the verse says. Let me tell you a story. There was a little girl named Carmen, a brand new baby, born in the hospital. And she was there in the nursery, just like the Ahura's baby. And she was abandoned by her parents. They walked off and they left her there. So Carmen, this little girl, grew up in an orphanage with a room full of other orphans. She was fed, she was cared for, but she never had a father or a mother. As she grew... She became intrigued with the thought of what it would be like to have a family. She would watch TV shows where there, where there was a family unit. And she would watch fascinated and, and pretend to be part of that family as the family went through whatever sort of crazy situations that the TV show put together. It became so much of an interest to her that when she was older, 
She went to college and she studied about the family. She became an expert on family dynamics. She studied parenting and got a degree in sociology and then, still not satisfied, she got a master's degree in social work so she could work with families. She even went on to get her doctorate degree in marriage and family counseling. Carmen grew up to know everything there is to know about dads, their roles in societies throughout history, their role in the family, the benefit of a, of a, of a good father, the problems caused by fatherlessness, and just on and on and on. She knew about mothers too. She knew how a woman could, cut, could get pregnant. Nurture a living soul within her body and then deliver that body and provide all the nourishment it needs for an entire year out of her body. What a miracle of life. She could describe that for you. She could talk about the nurturing and caring disposition that characterized motherhood and a mother's role in and outside of the home and on and on and on. She knew all about it. She could quote statistics and research and articles, but she had never been held by a mother. She had no idea what is it like to receive comfort when she was hurt from her mom. She never knew what it was like to have her dad pick her, pick her up and swing her around in the yard and, and play with her and support her and provide for her. She knew all about parents. But she did not know her parents. She was not a parent herself. Listen, there is a big difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. And that difference, listen, it's not determined based on what goes on in here and your intellect and what you study. It's based on what you experience. John 17.3 says, This is life eternal, that they might know thee. Who's they? That's you and me. Jesus is praying to the Father and he says, this is what eternal life is all about. It's about you knowing God the Father. And it's about you knowing Jesus Christ. And can I just start out from the very beginning and just say, a lot of Christians know all about God. They could tell you all about Jesus. You could be an LFBI graduate. You could just go from Genesis to Revelation and you could just like preach the thing. You can teach the thing. You can become an expert. You could be like me and just go on and on and on. Doesn't mean you know God. You just know about God. That's what we're talking about this morning. Turn to the book of Ephesians in your Bible. Because Ephesians is about like who you are in Christ, right? Now what we heard. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul... Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. We, 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 okay, you guys do know some stuff about it. Okay. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Okay, go to the next slide and look at this. The saints were at Ephesus, and they were in Christ Jesus. Okay, the saints were not in New Orleans. They were at Ephesus. They were also in Jesus. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Which is it? Are they in Jesus or are they at Ephesus? Okay, I'm talking to the saints in the junior high and high school class at Midtown Baptist Temple. 
who are sitting here geographically, physically this morning. We're talking together. I'm preaching to you. But listen, you're also in Christ Jesus if you're saved. How is that possible? Can you be two places at once? Yeah, I guess you can. Okay, so the at, they were at Ephesus. That's their geography. It's where they're at physically. Okay? But in Christ Jesus, that's their position. It's where they're at spiritually. Did you know you can be at two places at once? Let me ask you a question. Where are you when you pray? Like we pray, we, you, you've prayed twice already this morning. Where were you when you prayed? Anybody have a guess? Of course I'm setting you up to be wrong, but, but you're sitting in this room in a small group praying, weren't you? You know where else you were? Look at, look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse, uh, just starting in verse 14. Okay? Seeing then that we have a great high priest, talking about Jesus, of course, we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Where is Jesus? According to that verse? In the heavens, he's our high priest. Okay. For we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Jesus knows what you're talking about, because he was tempted with the same things. Okay. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. When you pray... You, you're, you're praying through our high priest, Jesus Christ, and you are coming boldly before the throne of grace. Quantum entanglement. Alternate reality. You leave time and space and the limitations and you enter into the throne room of God when you pray. When you praise. How does that work? I, I don't know. Some of you physics people can, can explain that maybe. Okay, but listen, we know it's true. We are sitting in this room. If you are saved, you are also in Christ Jesus. And your physical reality, as you're looking at me, your spiritual reality is that we've already entered three times this morning into the throne room of God with praise and worship and prayer. Oh my goodness, huh? Okay, so, so that's a cool thing. Let, let's, let's explore it a little bit more. When someone comes forward and is born again, let's say that there's an altar call and someone comes forward, they get saved, they're born again. Here's what happens according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, so let's just, let's just pretend this happens. I'm given an altar call. Hey, if you know you need to be saved, come forward right now. Okay, and let's say that, that Christine comes forward and she is born again. What happens when she is born again? She becomes a new creature. 
old things are passed away, all things are become new, and now all things are of God, who hath reconciled her. Christine was just reconciled unto God by Jesus Christ. That's what happened when she gets saved. So Christine, you're going to come up, you just get down on your knees, and you're, this happens to you. Then you stand back up and you go sit back in your chair. It's like, don't look any different to me. I mean, maybe her countenance is now brighter because the weight of all her sin has just been taken away and she doesn't bear it anymore. So, like, her, she may be glowing a little bit, okay? Okay. But in terms of what I can see physically with my eyes, she doesn't look any different. So, what's the deal? Are all things new? Are old things passed away or not? What happened? So, you know what happened? It's a spiritual thing. Okay, here's the spiritual thing that happened was she just got reconciled back unto God. Before she came forward, her sin separated her from God. So it's not that God didn't want to be her father. It's that God can't allow sin. So that sin separates. And so that's why Christ came. And now, Christine is a new creature. She looks the same, but there's a spiritual reality that's now very different. Are you guys following me? No one else understands that except the person who's been born again. You could become a theologian and talk all about salvation, but you don't know it. You don't know him because you've not been reconciled back unto God. You know what reconciled is? It's you're reconnected. Your relationship is made right again. There's nothing separating the person who puts their faith and trust in Christ. There's nothing separating them from God the Father. They're now reconnected. They're born again and all things are become new. And it may not look any different to you driving down the street as you sit in the classroom, as you sit in this room, but some of you are reconciled unto God and He is your Father. And some of you aren't. You can't just tell though. Actually, I could kind of tell. I could kind of, I've been doing, I'm just like getting old. So I can kind of tell who knows God and who doesn't. Not, not guaranteed. I'm not, I don't have a hundred percent like reconciler radar. Like, doo, 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 doo. You know, it's not like that. But you can tell people that really know God, those who have experienced Him as their Father. Okay, so that's a cool thing. Spiritually, we can be born again. So listen, once we have been reconciled unto God, and if you have been saved, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 has happened to you. You have been reconciled unto God in that relationship, which was not intact because the sin is now intact. Woo you have a spiritual father that's so exciting. John 17, 3, and this is life eternal that you may know God and Jesus Christ whom they've sent. Okay, so here's the next point. We are not saved unto a religion. We are saved unto a relationship, and it's all about knowing him. So back in Ephesians chapter 1, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. He's writing to a group of people at Ephesus. 
But he says, oh, no, no, and in Christ Jesus. So what does it mean to be in Christ? Okay, good question. Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all... What kind of blessings? Ah, you get those... That's the in Christ part, you guys. That does, it's not being at Ephesus. I'm so glad you're here. But if you weren't here and you were still in Christ, you'd still have all spiritual blessings. You just might not have a place where you could learn about it. The blessings come from the in Christ part, not the at Ephesus part. Okay, so the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay, so, so if you were to look at Ephesians chapter 1, and we were just to read through this, Guess how many times you would see in him, or in whom, or in the Lord, or that sort of thing. Guess how many times? 50. Not 50. No, that's too many. It's 23 verses. See? 23. More than 7, less than 23. 20. 20. More close, though. 11. Eleven times in 23 verses. In Him. In Him. In whom. This is all about who we are in Christ. Now, one time at Ephesus. Eleven times in Christ. Focus on the spiritual, guys. You know why? Because that's how we get to know Him. And that's how you make sure that you're saved unto a relationship and not unto a religion. Okay, so here's a spiritual reality check. Which is more important, the physical or the spiritual? spiritual. The spiritual. Okay. Is that how you're living? No, that's the right answer. Absolutely. A plus in terms of the book portion. Okay, now let's look at the practical portion. Let's take this to the lab level. In terms of your life, where do you spend more time? On the physical or the spiritual? That's why church is boring for you. Because you don't know Him. You're going through the motions like you were saved unto a religion and not unto a relationship. Oh my goodness, how'd you miss this all this time? Church is boring if it's a religion. But if it's a relationship, oh my goodness, you have something that other people can't even comprehend. I'm listening to the Lord of the Rings CDs in my car now. So it's like, you know, I'm a nerd like that. I, I, so I've listened to them like 50 times, but they're like in my car like, oh, I'll just listen to these again. <laughs> so I'm driving down the road and there's like road construction. It's like every road around my house has to get constructed. All that seems like. That's all I do. It's just like road. You're just waiting. But you know what? When I'm listening to the Lord of the Rings on my CD thing in my car, it's like I don't care. In my car, I got something else going on. And maybe in the past, when I'm, when I'm just like impatient, I just want to get through there. What's wrong with everybody and everything? Well, they have to fix the roads. Well, they have to fix the roads because there's giant potholes. And I was complaining about the potholes last week. Now I'm complaining about them fixing <laughs> Just why do we do that? just want to complain. Okay. But when I'm listening to my, my audio book, 
This is like I got something else going on. I'm not just driving. I'm... Okay, listen, the Christian who knows Christ, who knows God the Father, they got something else going on. And everyone else around them is mad and losing their mind and complaining all the time. And the Christian who's got this other reality that other people can't even see because they're not in the car with you. They, they can't. They're, you're just like at peace. Why? Because you got something else going on, something spiritual that they can't understand. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. You guys probably know these verses. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. That's your other reality. You're in two places right now. You're sitting in this room, but if you're saved, you're also in Christ. Okay, so what are you going to focus on? Focus on the in Christ part. Focus on who God is. Focus on your relationship with Him. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead. Did you know you're dead? You're dead to who you were in this world, what the world offers you. That means... Like, if you try to live in the world, you're just going to be like a gross zombie. You're going to follow pathways that lead to bad places. Good luck with that. Why do you want to keep doing that? Oh, my gosh. Okay, because people don't know any better. They think they're saved unto a religion, and church is boring for them. Yeah, well, it would be for me, too, if I didn't know God. So, what we want to do is to be able to focus on the spiritual. That's the reality check. So check this out. It is possible, Christian, to miss the whole thing. There's a junior high student named Henry. And Henry went on a retreat. And he got saved. Woo, praise the Lord. The preacher who was preaching during that, that retreat, he preached a message, and he, this is what he said. He said, okay, listen, I want you to think of your life like a ladder. Just keep going up this ladder one step at a time, and I want you to live for God. And I want you to try hard. I want you to do what's right. And I want you to spend your life living for God as a good Christian climbing this ladder. And Henry was like, he got saved. Like he knew, he's like, okay, I'm going to do that. And Henry dedicated his life to climbing that ladder. So he always tried to do what was right. He always tried to come to church. He always tried to he, clap when he was supposed to clap. And he always cleaned the church when it was his turn to clean. He always tried to help and get plugged in and take the classes that he could take and all that kind of stuff. He spent his whole life climbing that ladder. And then Christ comes back. And Henry's in line. He's getting ready to stand before the Lord to give an account for his life. And he's so excited because Henry spent his whole life climbing the ladder he was supposed to climb. And, and he couldn't wait to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant from the Lord. And uh, he was kind of hoping that, that, that the Lord would say like, hey, that ladder thing, that was really good. I like that ladder thing. Like, you know, because he thought it really worked for him. So he comes up to the Lord, and the, and the Lord told him, Henry, you spent your whole life climbing that ladder. Henry was excited, because here he was going to come. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Jesus said to him, but listen, your ladder was leaning against the wrong wall the whole time. 
Just like Carmen knew all about fathers, but she never had one. She didn't know anything about fathers. She didn't know a father. She didn't experience a father. Just like that, Henry knew all about living a holy life. He served the church, but he never knew God. Jesus told Henry this, I was with you the whole time. I called out to you. I tried to draw you to myself, but it was kind of like I was standing at the door knocking on the outside, and you would never just simply open the door to a relationship, time, fellowship with me. You just wanted to climb your ladder, but you leaned your ladder on the wall of religion, not on relationship with me and not the relationship with the Father. Henry, you missed the whole thing. He wasn't trying to do evil. He was trying to do good. But here's the thing, guys. We're not saved unto a religion. We're saved unto a relationship. When we become a new creature in Christ, what happens is we're reconciled, we're reconnected with the Father, and we have an intact relationship. Ephesians 1, verse 17, it says, uh, this is a prayer. So Paul's praying for the church at Ephesus. He says, I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The first prayer I have for you is that you'd have wisdom and revelation. You'd be able to get this, that it's all about knowing him. Oh my goodness. So it's relationship, not religion. Once you know the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father, everything else in life is boring. Once you know the Lord, once you walk with Him, once you've encountered, once you've experienced Him, everything else in life is boring. The golf tournament today got postponed because of the rain. I used to play golf. Nothing against golf. I, I I have some hobbies, mainly riding my bike. There's nothing wrong with having hobbies, but I don't play golf anymore. And I used to hunt. I used to bow hunt. I used to hunt birds and I used to I used to fish I had a boat at one point I used to do all those things and people are like hey do you hunt I'm like no no I really don't I nothing against it I just I just don't anymore and I don't do all these other things they'll be like well why not like, well I get to be a part of planting churches. I get to be a part of walking with the Lord I get to be a part of the ministry I've taken part in the mission that God gave us, and everything else in life is boring. Nothing against it. I, if this golf thing becomes an annual thing, man, I, I hope I get to go play in it. I'll go to the, like, find my clubs in the attic or whatever. Like, no, I'm not saying things are, are bad, but I'm going to be golfing to raise funds for Boston because that gives me fellowship in the mission. So yeah, it'll be fun. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's bad to do things. What I'm saying is golf's boring compared to preaching the word and planting churches and discipling men and holding Bible studies and leading people to Christ and walking with God and knowing him. Everything else in life is boring. See, and if church is boring, it's cuz you don't know him. Now, if you're saved, he knows you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knew you before you were born. He gave you life. He loved you so much while you were still his enemy that he died. He knows you. 
But he's on the outside. He's knocking and he's saying, hey, here I am. I gave my son so we could be in a relationship with each other. And, and then people miss the whole thing their whole lives. Oh my goodness, you guys don't miss it. The at Ephesus part doesn't matter. Once you get this, you, you can go anywhere. Hey, to the saints at Kansas City, I'm talking to you. To the saints at Kansas City in Christ. God says, hey, listen, I want you to move. Okay, yes, Lord. Then you'll be the saints in Boston, at Boston. But it's the in Christ part that matters, not the at Kansas City, at Boston, at Dallas, at Denver. At That part doesn't matter. It's the in Christ because that's so much bigger, so much more important. Now I'm set free from worrying about all the stuff at Kansas City, all the stuff in my life, all the junk, all the drama, all the failures. You guys... I'm never going to be awesome. But I know God. I know Jesus. And I can tell people, come and see. Come follow Christ. Come follow me as I follow Christ. Here's how you can know the Father. Oh, you guys, that's, it's not about being awesome. It's about who you know, not what you know. Okay, so that's us in Christ. Okay, what time? We, we need to wrap it up here probably pretty soon. So, so let's, let's talk about the rest of it. This is Ephesians chapter 3. So that's the first prayer. Paul prays for them. Hey, that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you might know him. Okay, uh, Ephesians chapter 3. This is the second prayer. Did you guys know there's two prayers in Ephesians? Okay, so now you do. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Paul says in, in verse 14, for this cause I bow my knees. So he's praying. When do you bow your knees? When do you, when you get on your knees to pray? When you humble yourself. You're coming before the Lord. Verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend. And, and then it goes on and on. But here's the thing. In Ephesians 1, we find ourselves in Christ. In Ephesians chapter 3, we find Christ in you. See that? Christ, so us in Christ, 11 times in the first chapter, that's our positional reality. That's where you're at spiritually. That's what you're supposed to focus on. That's what's so awesome about being a Christian. It's not just like wearing a cross. or I mean, it's like, that's what's exciting. That's what makes us different. But now in Ephesians 3, it's not just us in Christ. It's Christ in us. So listen, when you leave here today, guess who goes with you? Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and so there's, there's some clues here that, that help us out and help us get to know him. So first of all, where you go, believer, he's with you. So we need to practice... The presence of God. Sometimes we get so distracted by the things of the world and all the drama and all the stuff and we're trying so hard to do good and we're trying so hard not to be bad. We think that's what really matters. Instead of just knowing Him and drawing near to Him. If I'm walking with Christ, I'm going to have a pretty good day. I don't just really have to focus on trying not to say a bad word if I hit my thumb with a hammer. If I hit my thumb with a hammer, I might say a bad word. It's like, oh, sorry, Lord, 
who's with me as I hit my thumb with a hammer. Sorry, I sh that, sh that wasn't very becoming of a pastor. I shouldn't say that. I hope no one heard that. Yeah, Jesus is like, yeah, you shouldn't have said that. Okay, how's your thumb? You know? But it's not about my performance. I'm not saved unto religion. The fact that Christ is with me is what determines what I do and don't do. So we need to practice the presence of God. Are you aware of his presence as you go to school? Okay, so how, how do we do this? Okay, first of all, number one, you need to draw near to him. Okay, we need to draw near to him. So you, you, you need to have a quiet time in the morning, and the focus of that quiet time is drawing near to the Lord, not religious duty. Man, if I can have a nice, long, quiet time, it is such a blessing. It's really hard for me to do that. I'm just really busy. Sometimes I just don't get very much sleep. So it's really hard for me. But on those days, so, I mean, it's a priority. There's, there aren't days where I don't get in the Word and draw near to God. You know why? Because my days go horribly. If I don't draw near to the Lord and then intentionally walk with Him, it's like Ephesians chapter 6. I just get my butt kicked by the devil all day. By the world and the flesh, and I just fall into natural tendencies. And then it's like, Christine's all mad at me because I'm being mean, and it's like, just horrible. <laughs> She's like, did you have a good quiet time? I'm like, no. <laughs> Dang it. And it's like, everything's all wrong. Okay, it's not religious duty. If we don't walk with God, we, we don't do well. Okay, so listen. Hey, Gavin, I want to get to know you. He's like, okay, well, you've got to spend some time with me then. Like, okay, Gavin, what do you have available on your calendar? He says, 5 to 6 a.m. every day. I'm like, dang. <laughs> that's the only time, Gavin? Gavin goes, yeah, that's, look at your calendar. Look at my calendar. Like, you got to, if you want to, so guess what I have to sacrifice if I want to know him? Now, it's not knowing about him. Like, I could look up his bio. I could look at his... But if I really want to know you, I have to spend time with you, don't I? Like, we got to talk. I, I, I want to... 5 a.m., Gavin? Really? <laughs> okay. Do I want to get to know Gavin or not? Yes, I do. Okay, so... What do I have to give up to get to know him? Yeah. And I really want to get to know him. I don't just want to go and blab the whole time. So guess what else I have to do? I have to listen. And then so we, I start meeting with Gavin every morning. I'm listening. I'm getting to know Gavin. It's like, man, I love that guy. I know him. And, he, and it's like, hey, let's go hang out. Let's, so guess what? There's other stuff I can't do if I'm going to do that. If you want to know God, you're going to have to give up some other stuff. And it's the physical you have to give up in order to invest in the spiritual. It's the world's ways we have to give up if we want to invest in the things that are above. The cool things, the awesome things. If I want to get to know him, it's going to cost me maybe some time from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. every morning. You're like, oh, sleep's the most precious thing to me right now. Praise the Lord. You can give the most precious thing you have. Put it on the altar and draw near to God just so that you can get to know Him. You start doing that, you guys, everything else is going to become boring. Once you get to know Him. Okay, but then He abides. Okay, go, to, go, uh, 
Go back to Ephesians 3.17. Go to that slide. Okay, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. To dwell means he stays there. So there's an abiding. So it's not like you do your quiet time, you draw near to the Lord, and then you just go do your own thing. Like as you go to school, you leave him in the car. No, actually, for him to dwell in your heart by faith, you need to be aware of his presence. You're walking with him. How do you do that? Well, you do things his way, not things our way. Let's go on. Okay, so faith, we, 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 he dwells in our heart by what? Faith. How does faith come? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by? So just as I walk like Jesus walked, I'm walking in fellowship with him. This is why sometimes you're convicted when you say something mean. You're having a bad day and someone's like, hey, what's up? And you're like, nothing stupid. You're just like, you snap at somebody. And then later you get a little convicted, like, you know what? You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. That wasn't cool. That conviction, that's the Holy Spirit because Christ isn't dwelling in your heart by faith if you're not walking in faith. So simply walking like Jesus walked, walking with him, that's, that's fellowship, right? Does that make sense? It's not religious duty. You want to walk with him because you know him. Okay, so listen, this is how we experience him. This is how we have fellowship one with another. So here's the application for us today. You want to focus on relationship, not religion. So I asked you, do you know him? You need to ask yourself, do I know him? Well, do you? He knows you. Listen, if you're saved, he knows you. But do you know him? Do you draw near to him? Do you walk with him? Have you? Because religion isn't going to get you through the bad days. It's not going to get you through the hard times. It's not going to get you through the diagnoses and through the drama and through the betrayals. And it's not going to get you through the rejection of the world. It's not going to get you through the attack of the devil. But knowing him will. In his presence is fullness of joy. Okay, so you need to ask yourself, do I know him? Have I been focused on relationship or have I treated this whole thing like a religion? What wall is your ladder leaning up against? I know you want to do well. And, and then here's the last thing, you know. Maybe, maybe you don't know him. Maybe you're not even saved. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe you haven't been reconciled unto God through Christ. And you may need to do that today. So know him by seeking him, know him by walking with him, and that's a living faith lifestyle. We have the living faith fellowship, don't we? You want to have a living faith lifestyle where you're walking as he walked. You have fellowship with him that way. That's going to require some time on your part. It's going to require some energy on your part, and probably focusing on spiritual things instead of physical things is probably going to require some change. So here's the prayer. Let's pray together. And let's just pray now to seek him and begin to walk with him. So, so Nate, where's Nate? Nate, you can come up and dismiss us here. But, but, but every head bowed, every eyes closed, we're just going to pray together. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And God, we really want to know you. We want to have our Christianity be a relationship and not a religion. God, we need something real. God, you're not boring. Your mission isn't boring. Knowing you isn't boring. But God, sometimes we, we, treat, we treat you poorly. We put you on the outside and you've done everything for us. 
and God, we just we just kind of treat this whole thing like a you know a self help program, or or we just go to church because we're supposed to, and it's like a religion to us. God, save us from that sort of a wasted life. God, we want to seek you, and we want to know you. So, Father. We just ask in Jesus' name that, that, God, you would reveal yourself to us through your word that we might know you. God, you're awesome. Christ is awesome. Thank you so much that we've been reconciled through Christ. And God, we just seek your face now. And God, it's our desire to walk with Christ. Not to walk in darkness, not to walk a boring, safe wasted life. God, we want to walk with you. So, Father, would you lead us and then we'll follow, God. We'll, we'll walk with you best we know how. Father, we love you. We thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Chris. So, just a couple minutes and